just to come down here and be with you guys because I love you. <laughs> I really do. I am man, head colds are the worst. No, I'm not identifying as a male. I sound like somebody told me I sounded like a what was the guy from the the gang? Uh was it Froggy? <laughs> you know guys you guys know what I'm talking about. That's how I feel. But anyway, I'm all good. I, you know why I'm good? Because I'm here with you. And you're here with me. And I got to tell you, though. I get concerned when I start receiving prayer requests from the pillars of the American church and liberty with regard to the country and the country's trajectory and uh, praying against her, her enemies, our enemies, and those who would otherwise uh, have vested interest in our implosion. And I, I know it's really hard for many of you to realize or, want, or even accept that there are people amongst us who do not um, want us to succeed as a nation. I know it's disheartening. Um, it's, a, it's a very rude awakening for many of you. Uh, I, I know my eyes have been completely opened, like giant toothpicks in my eyes since the election of, or the theft of the 2020 election with regard to our agencies here in this country. It's very difficult for me because I have friends within basically every agency in the country as it pertains to the FBI, CIA, the NSA, the GBI. I mean, you know, on a state level as well as a federal level, it's it so it's 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 difficult for me to see the reports to to know what's going to watch Christopher Ray do the absolute tap dance of the century in front of the in front of the Senate. Very disturbing. Um, very disturbing. Well, just the revelations, right? And I, you know, and I'm, I'm, I think in God's mercy, He hasn't shown us all the cockroaches just yet. You know, I mean, I just, I got to tell you, maybe, maybe too, something else I've learned is just what I, what I've learned in ministry, what I've seen on an individual level, with regard to how much someone can take before they break how many flying arrows can somebody handle before their just psyche their emotional capacity i mean their their bandwidth is literally nothing there's nothing left there's nothing left and i've seen that happen on a national level i mean 
tens of millions of people who are who their bandwidth is just and and that and that doesn't mean that they're ready to you know take to the streets although many of them are um but it means that they just can't take one more thing and i can tell because of the type uh, of and the and the consistency of the mockery of what's happening in the country and and just you know overall social posting tells a lot tells a lot to those of us who observe for one reason or another, some people observe for a living for the sake of being able to manipulate you. Others observe for the sake of liberty. Which is why I've been on a campaign to get you off of Facebook because there's so much. Not to mention, you guys are funding the demise of the country. I mean, how else do you think Zuckerberg has Zuckerberg pretty much? Uh, that weenie has over $400 million to pour into you know, the heist of our elections. You being on Facebook assists him in that effort. So if it's not enough to know that your children and you and your dog and your catfish and all these other things, your pet kangaroo, you know, your porn habits, your shopping habits, your likes, your dislikes, your mistresses, your tennis coaches, your how many times you exercise, how many Cheetos you've eaten, what's your favorite food, what time of day do you go to the bathroom, what time of day do you normally eat, do you hang out with people who look different from you? How many times have you said the word patriot in the past seven years? If none of that is as important, it, it, if it's, it's not an important enough of a case to make for you to get the hell off of Facebook, then let me just start with that. If there's no one on Facebook, there are no advertisers. That's not to say that he's clearly capable of being privately funded. He has his own servers. I mean, it's a mess. It is a mess, but you are assisting in the takeover and the globalization of this country by staying on Facebook. And you can quit following me. You can get pissed. I don't care. I have to tell you, I don't care. I'm I'm sick. <laughs> I'm not a very nice person when I'm sick as it is. <laughs> and so this little head cold has made me a little edgy. <laughs> like the guy says in my intro, edgy. Yeah, I'm edgy today. And I'm edgy about Americans who willingly not blindly, but willfully continue to assist in the demise of this country. Now, speaking of the demise of this country, this, this caught my attention today. Let me let me see if I can let me see if I can pull this up. Hold on. No, hold on. There's a there, there's a there's a commercial in here. Let, let's and I can't skip it. <laughs> so hold on. All right, we're going to let that pass. Okay, ready? You're going to love this. I told you I didn't feel good. All right, here we go. You to George Floyd with a new statue in oh, front of City Hall. Yeah. Mayor Roz Baraka, actor and filmmaker Leon Pickney, and artist Stanley Watts unveiled the 700-pound yeah. bronze statue oh, this afternoon. Floyd's murder at the hands of Minneapolis police last year fueled a global movement, for, a movement. So, for racial yes, justice. A global bowel movement. Hopefully when people walk by and they see it, and they participated, and hope, hopefully it inspires them to become active in the things, the struggles that are happening right here in Newark and right here in New Jersey. Active. And the statue will remain outside City Hall for at least one year. Today's ceremony also honored Juneteenth. <laughs> of course it did, because why wouldn't it? So here we are, Juneteenth, and you've got, you know, George Floyd, the 700-pound statue of George Floyd, 
It was supposed to inspire people to get engaged, to become activists, to stand up <laughs> to the man, to the machine, right? Because apparently blacks are the only people who are getting rolled by the machine. Yeah, right, because we're not in this with you, are we? Nope. Because you buy those ridiculous narratives. Here you have a legit porn star. Here's the deal. I don't have, look, you want to be involved in porn. That is absolutely your business. As long as you're not trafficking our children and whatever, you got an adult site that you want to be a part of and you got your OnlyFans crew and all that. That is absolutely none of my business. Okay. You beating the crap out of pregnant women, being a felon, stealing, uh, a drug addict, um, a known accessory, if you will, to um, <laughs> to the wiles of Hamas-funded Keith Ellison. Uh, that, those are that's a whole other story. If you guys knew how deep and wide the labyrinth goes on this case, it would it would. And Stu Peters has actually covered it. He covered it a while ago, and it just kind of fell by the wayside because there's so many things coming out, and he does cover a lot of news in just in in a ten hour period, so it's easy to to lose you know the just the weightiness of it. I mean, it's huh the 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 weight that comes with the story of George Floyd is is way beyond what most of us as mere mortals, particularly in white America, you know. God, that stuff just wears me out. Let me tell you, I told you I was a crabby sick person. So it's amazing to me. He's a felon. He's, you know, beat the hell out of this lady who was pregnant to rob her. You know, just complete every single thing. Let me tell you why this makes me so angry. And to see this disingenuous black man up there in a three-piece suit talking about, well, hopefully you will come by and touch the statue and get some of your, you know, get some of that juju off of the statue so you can, uh, you know, go be a, a great militant, you know, to take a stand on behalf of in the memory of George Floyd. Really, dude? Really? You likely went to college Got a got a good paying government job, right? Little city job. And here you are going to talk about go out and be like George. I mean, this stuff, I look at my city of Atlanta, and I'm not even going to call her a mayor because she's not the mayor. She's a stooge for a globalist movement that is taking over my city. She on her way out the door, Keisha Lance Bottoms decides a black woman, you know, who's always going to remind you that she's the first mayor named Keisha, right? Black girl magic. She'll remind you about that too. This stuff just wears me out. I'm telling you, tired of it. I'm tired of seeing blacks oppressed. I am tired of seeing the Democrat Party oppress them in the name of white supremacy. I am not the enemy. Trust that. I believe in equal opportunity. I do not subscribe to equity. I believe in equality, not equity. I believe in godliness. I do not believe in slavery of any kind. I don't believe in people being rewarded for babies and no fathers in the home. George Floyd. 
Keisha's going to get out here and, and, and sign proudly, sign a, oh, goody, we all get to use the same bathrooms. Our murder rates, our robberies, our carjackings have gone through the roof. And when these sisters talk about it is a sisterhood, it is a band of sisterhood between Chicago, Baltimore, uh, D.C., Atlanta, you know, hashtag black girl magic. Well, okay, I don't know what kind of chicken foot magic y'all are practicing, but I can tell you this, it is not godly. And it is absolutely orchestrated. Your Democrat-run cities are a positive orchestration of the implosion of this country one city at a time. And they do it by suppressing the economy through crime, selling muni bonds to our known enemies, which last I checked was a crime called treason. But somehow they're able to do that and get away with it. They're elected in order to keep all those neatly stacked bodies buried, shoved in the closet of their muni bond backdoor deals. The shaking and baking. You know, the whites get to keep the, uh, I don't know, poor, poor Vernon hadn't figured this out yet, but the whites, here's the, here's the gentleman's agreement. You ready, Vernon? And you already know. So the white folks at the uh, go- governor governor's mansion has had the governor has decided long 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 time ago that the blacks could have city hall, but you were not going to make it into the governor's mansion. And I hate to break the news to you, brother, but you ain't going to make it in there this time either. <sighs> but run your race, Vern. Run your race. It is a mess, and this is not just a Democrat mess. I mean, effectively, if you're if you're voting for Brian, you're voting for Vernon. You just are, and you're voting for a communist Chinese uh, party. You're voting for the destruction of your state and for your city and for your country. There's no way around that because these people are deeply entrenched on multiple levels with all interesting forms of camaraderie. And without going deeply into the weeds and the details of it on today's show, let's just say it's got me slightly fired up. It's so disingenuous. And I I just watched the imprisonment of the mind and the soul and just the freedom completely squashed by black youth today all the capitulation of the of the whites, of, oh, yeah, and the Jews. You know, we're so sorry for who we are. Shut up. If you're sorry for who you are, then just, you know, I'm not going to say it. Just not. Then I'll be accused of that. So no, I'm not going to say it. But that's between you and your maker. Just shut your face. Quit taking the entire country and the generations to come down with you. That is the belly of the beast. So it's it's not surprising that they would erect a 700-pound statue. <laughs> I love it. The Bible's like, do not create an image of any form of anything in the earth, below the earth, above the earth, right? What do we do? We're just loaded. We love to have statues of things in memoriam. And God's like, nope, don't do that. I'm going to tell you why, because y'all have a real propensity of wanting to worship stuff. And what do you think that is? 
What do you think the 700-pound George represents? It's an altar to the church of death, hell, and destruction. And the Church of Satan has plenty of those statues erected across the country. It's just basically an in-your-face of, well, if the Christians can do it, we can too. And they're not wrong. By constitutional standards, they're not wrong at all. So if you're going to have a picture of the Ten Commandments in any government facility, then you may as well get prepared for the Satanists to show up and be like, well, we have a right to be here too with our Ten Commandments. And there's it's usually, you know, it's all about me, more about me. Again, me, the church of I, me, myself, um, and them and they, and personal pronoun prison and confusion and chaos. But there's order to that chaos, and that's something you have to understand with regard to the kingdom of darkness and what's happening in your cities right now. And most of you are still like, what, huh? I don't understand how they keep getting elected. And it's like, man, y'all got to wake up. You've got to wake up. And as long as, you know, Emerald Robinson, God bless her, She's, um, is she Newsmax or OAN? I don't know. Pretty girl. She's a White House correspondent during the Trump administration. I don't know what she's doing now because I don't keep up with any of, of I, I've not watched cable news since November. Well, that's not true. Probably January 20th was the last time I turned on cable news. And so I have no idea what Emerald is doing, but I like her and I like her, I like her candor and, and her reporting. Um, she's a journalist and I'm not, so I appreciate her work. But she was like, you know, without free and fair, like without a vote, we don't have a republic. I'm like, right. So as we're moving into the midterms and people are trying to convince you and get you all excited about President Trump's endorsements and the people he didn't endorse and the people he does endorse, I just want to tell you something. It wouldn't matter if Jesus Christ came down here and endorsed something and someone, unless Jesus upended the machines that we're currently using the hardware, the software, and the amorality that goes along with legislators and your judiciary who does not want to enforce the laws that were already on the books with regard to drop boxes and absentee ballots and signatures and times of voting and places of voting and, you know, all that good stuff where people are just busy patting themselves on the butt right now because they've passed new legislation. It's going to be stiffer and tougher and longer and harder. It sounds like a testosterone commercial, for God's sakes. And then here they are, you know, and we're supposed to, yeah, good job, Brian. I'm sorry, where was Brian and where was Brad whenever we all knew that Fulton County was stuffing ballots, you know, in their bras like a 12-year-old girl stuffing toilet paper? Where was our leadership during that time? Where was conservative media here in the city of Atlanta? I'll tell you where. Shoved up the establishment, establishment's keister. That's where. Where they've always been. Donald wasn't holy enough, yet it's impossible to think that anyone could steal an election. We're the, what were we? The election deniers. <laughs> My own kid looked at me like I had three eyeballs or three nipples. I'm not sure which. And just like, mom, really? You really think that all this fraud and then nothing, you know, and then she's watching the Supreme Court just casually turn their back. Right. There's only one guy who's like, you know, this is, this is pathetic. You're right. It is pathetic. I, I'll be honest with you. I know that there have been some things that have come out of the Supreme Court lately where you guys are like, yeah, okay, maybe there's some hope. No, no, no. Until we go back to adjudicate what happened on November the 3rd, 2020, nothing else that comes out of that Supreme Court matters. 
with the exception of overturning Roe v. Wade. I'll give you that. But nothing else matters, in my humble opinion, because you are legitimately living in a banana republic, and you just don't want to admit it. And I don't want to be the one out here on my tour, rah-rahing and, and brouhaha-ing, um, I to tell you otherwise. <laughs> That's not what I'm going to do. I am going to encourage you to use the rules against them, especially if you're in the state of Virginia. You know, hey, okay, fine. All is fair and love and war, baby. And by whatever legal means, which are basically, uh, the gloves are off in Virginia. You have an HR1 on your hands up there. Absolutely. You guys are capable of ballot harvesting at this point. So bring it. Get in it. Roll your sleeves up. Start harvesting, church. Roll your sleeves up and start harvesting, little pearl-clutching Republicans. Y'all want to flip those seats? You want to take your country back? You better start playing by their rules. We're better than that. No, no, you're not. This is guerrilla warfare. No, put on your war paint and get out there and get it on. Legally. But you know what I'm saying? Some of you guys are like, oh, that's, we would never do that. That's not who we are. Right. Okay. Next. And you're the same people who voted for Bush. So, okay. Do you, do you want to have that conversation now or another broadcast? You're the same people who voted for, for Romney. You're the same people who still cheer Rona Romney on. You're still sending your money to the RNC because we're not those people. Right. You're the same people who quelled the voices of 80 million plus American voters in this country. You have zero, zero sanctimonious little anthill or a molehill for that matter to stand on. None. So I'm not pulling any punches these days. I'm, um, I'm, I'm watching as things unfold in my various circles of Intel and, uh, you know, and people who are actually deployed right now on our behalf. You know, I'm watching what's coming across the border ad nauseum. Thank God for Governor DeSantis. He is actually sending law enforcement to the border to assist Governor Abbott. He is putting his forces where his mouth and his and his money um, are. I dare ask where Governor Kemp is of Georgia, but I know where he is. He's still standing in the federal soup line with his emergency orders hand out. Has has have we rescinded that power yet? I don't think so. Has Brian Brian has Brian given up the ghost yet with regard to his executive power pin because of this shamdemic? Has he done that? No. No, honey, because there's too much money coming out of that fountain. That fountain of blood. But y'all go ahead and vote for Brian. Go ahead and vote for Vernon, the new shiny black object for the uh, for the Republican Party. So you know, talking about what's happening in these in these uh, in these cities, right? These high density cities, and, and primarily Democrat run, minority run cities. Um, and I'll speak for Atlanta, but we are on the trajectory of implosion. So Keisha today, the soon to be uh, former mayor little M of Atlanta signed who knows what with her golden broom that, um, that that we have gender neutral bathrooms. Yes. Now we can all pee together. Isn't that wonderful? I think that's wonderful. That is just so woke. That is so woke of her. 
you know, so woke of a city that it's just too bitter to, they're too busy to hate. But honestly, the slogan should read, we're too bitter to forgive, right? Signed, most black people who vote Democrat in the city of Atlanta because we've been brainwashed by our Democrat leaders to believe that uh, that white people are bad. And, and the only thing that ever made culture in Atlanta was black culture. And the entire city was built on the backs of slaves. And, you know, because why, comma, history. I mean, slavery. It is, it is maddening. We can't move on from this. We can't move on because, because people are installed by, by globalist elite cabal. They're installed. <coughs> there you have it. God bless me. Oh, this sucks. But anyway, I'm doing fine. So why, why would they want to depress a city? Well, primarily because once the tax digest dries up from the city in the way of businesses and wealth, which is happening right now in the city of Atlanta, you have, and you got to love how this is how this is positioned in media. Like there are no rich and wealthy black people in Buckhead. <laughs> like it's just all white flight. Let me tell you something. I know some brothers and sisters who have worked their tails off who are, some are very well educated, some are not, and they've just worked hard and they've made it happen. They took every single opportunity, whether it was equitable or equal or not, and they made it equal and they made something of their lives and their families and their legacy and, and they, they're loving life unless they live in Buckhead because we're all dealing with the same level of crime, whether you're poor and if you think your elite leadership of the Democrat Party here in the city of Atlanta or the state of Georgia gives a rat's behind about the poor of Georgia or Atlanta, black, white, Hispanic, you know, Asian or otherwise, you are sound asleep, completely misguided, because that is not who they care about. They care about you, you know, every voting season. And now that season just gets long. Think about what I just said, not voting day, not election day, but a season, Right. You can vote seven days a week in the state of Georgia, and you're going to tell me that this is a Jim Crow, <laughs> this is comparable to Jim Crow laws. Come on. This is crazy. That is crazy speak. Okay. So what's the benefit in depressing a city to the point in prosecuting law enforcement for shooting someone who shot at them first and making it a criminal offense for chasing, Right. There's no such thing as chasing in the city of Atlanta, whether basically on foot or in your car. We see what happened with the dude at Wendy's. I mean, you just, you just watch the video for yourself on the police cam and see exactly what went down with that dude, and his name escapes me. So maybe they'll erect a statue to him too, or hopefully that little eight-year-old sweet baby who was murdered by the uh, black militia that Keisha decided was a good idea to keep in place. And now she's personally being sued over that by that little girl's family. Good for them. I'm tired of my city and my tax dollars going to lawsuits due to complicit and just egregious, completely irreconcilable, you know, to anything decent Democrat leadership in the city of Atlanta. It's horrible, abysmal, sickeningly. Just, it's, it's enough to turn your stomach. You know why? I mean, I want, I want to tell you, let's back up to this. This is what turns my stomach. This is why I'm so angry about it. I remember just two years ago when I had Dr. Ben Carson, uh, Secretary of HUD, on my show when I was on terrestrial radio. And I had him on my show several times, actually. And I was helping a woman who had just come out of trafficking um, get on her feet with regard to Section 8 housing. 
And so I made a few phone calls to some of my Democrat friends. Yes, I do have those uh, down at City Hall and said, hey, I need some help. I don't know. You know, we're having a really hard time getting this lady um, into Section 8. You know, she's a um, ex-con because, you know, that's what happens when you're trafficked. You're usually suckered into or pushed into some kind of illegal activity. Duh. You know, but it's amazing that women even coming out of that get to continue to pay for their pimps, you know, sins for the rest of their lives, can't find jobs, you know, and I mean a decent job. You got to live in roach-infested, you know, slumlord housing. And Dr. Carson thought he'd be cute and come on my show, and I love Ben. Don't get me wrong. I love Dr. Carson. He's awesome. But he thought, you know, he was on his little HUD campaign, right? He was on a tour. He was on a radio tour. And, and they, were, they were all proud of their, you know, uh, their uh, allocations. And, and, uh, and Atlanta, Georgia was a big one. And, and I'm thinking, okay, right about the same time, not only could I not find housing for my friend in Section 8, and they were all slums. But Keisha decided that it was, or whoever she appointed for this particular committee, you know, because there's a committee for a committee within a committee, and everybody's getting, somebody getting some kind of money or power or leverage or, you know, butt kissing or something somewhere along the way. That's how that works here and probably everywhere. But nevertheless, you've got these poor people who are dying of AIDS in the city of Atlanta, and they're housed all over, really, but but a few of the houses were not receiving their funds that were being poured in from Dr. Carson at HUD over to old Keisha and her buddies and their new committees. And miraculously, that money was never funded, and so it was taken back. And thank Thankfully, to the to the best of my knowledge, that money and who knows if some of it was siphoned off and used for slush funds in other areas. But uh, to my knowledge, that money was sent back, and these people were legitimately dying of AIDS and evicted. Yes, evicted. Now, I want you to ask me if I give two dams what her name is, how she says it, how she spells it, how brown or how light or how brown paper bag her skin is. I want you to ask me if I care about any of that when I'm telling you that people who were dying of AIDS in the city of Atlanta were evicted from their government funding how funded housing because someone at City Hall was busy t- with a photo op. If that isn't enough to burn your bottom up, then nothing will. I don't care if they're gay, straight, black, midgets, purple, Chinese. I don't care what they are. Someone is sick and dying and counting on you to hold up your end of the bargain to have a place to lay their head down on a pillow and die with some semblance of dignity. And the best you can do is is sign peace treaties with the transgender movement in their bathrooms so we can all pee together. Yeah, I get a little peeved about this. Now, why does it behoove this band of Mary sisters across the country in the name of the Democrat Party, which is really the Marxist communist moving very quickly into the globalist party. Why is it uh, expedient 
for them to depress areas where there is white flight in the way of tax dollars and corporate flight. Because once those dollars are depressed to a certain extent within a city's tax digest, guess who gets to come to the rescue? The feds. So everything in that city becomes basically federalized. And then what have you got? You've got the Eastern Bloc. You've got East Berlin. I mean, you guys don't think it's coming, and you don't think it's possible. And I know there, you all, a lot of you are at your saturation point, so am I. But th- this is so beyond serious. So when you talk about defunding your police departments, there's a very nefarious reason for doing that. And primarily it's a globalist agenda to squeeze us all into the little siphon of the globalist monetary movement, globalist policing. If you don't think that your police force could become federalized, you're asleep. And a lot of you think, well, that'll never happen because that'll be usurping states' rights. Well, so is stealing your election. But that happened. So now what? So, I mean, you've got a multitude of things that people send to me, and I contemplate everything from Convention of the States. And someone said to me, yeah, but what about the possibility that we could really upend our Constitution? And as far as I, as, as far as a Convention of the States has been presented to me, uh, the way of knowledge and information and how that would go, protocol, the stop gaps that are in place are, are, are impenetrable, uh, whether or not that's true. You know, anything's possible, trust me. Uh, but I but I do believe that the risk outweighs the complacency. I just do. I believe that the risk outweighs because here's the deal: uh, we need there's a multi pronged approach that needs to be taken to erecting this election grid and ensuring that you get to clean that damn swamp of Congress out. Um, and you do not have career in the Senate. You do not have career politicians. People don't come in there at 25 and die at 90, you know, lay in waste in, in the rotunda because they died there of a diabetic heart attack at 97, still in bed with our enemies and leading people to death, hell, and destruction. And while we, the best we could do is complain about it on social media. No. There need to be term limits. You need to have a complete overhaul of campaign finance. I mean, complete overhaul. Of campaign finance. <coughs> excuse me again. So, <coughs> excuse me again. I guess I could have paused you, but you know what? <laughs> oh, you guys can be here with me. Isn't that great? Thank you for your support. <laughs> so, my 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 mom. God, kind of. My daughter used to say, "Yeah, my mom's not happy. Nobody's happy." So, when Monica's sick, everybody gets to be sick with her. <laughs> And speaking of sick, so that's what happens. Sick, sick, sick is that um, there's a very real playbook in action here. So your cities become, you guys, you know, the the city of Buckhead initially I thought was a good idea until I understood, you know, what, what that whole what that whole trajectory looks like. And you guys depress the, the tax digest of the city of Atlanta. And I understand, believe me, because I'm in that tax digest. I understand, but you depress it. And ultimately, you're going to be left with, you know, states considering secession from states like Georgia. 
because even, I mean, we're not even talking about our ports and who actually owns those. Some of you guys still think it's the state of Georgia. Surprise. So, yeah, wait, we've been duped for a really, really, really long time. And we've just been living the, you know, the Titanic dream and sitting up in first class and all of us, poor, middle class and wealthy alike. But the people who really get the, you know, who end up down at the bottom of the of the vessel with the rats running from the pending, you know, tidal wave of water are the poor. It's always the poor. It is always the poor. And really the poor in spirit. Because the poor in spirit have no hope. And when people tell me that hope is not a strategy, I tell you to shove it because it absolutely is a strategy. Because of the God of hope. Which means hope is a kingdom. Hope is a paradigm. Hope is more than a precept, but it's a natural law. It is. I believe hope is a natural law. And that when you worship at the altar of the God of hope, that you are instilled with hope. You are instilled with your own identity, your own sovereignty, your own equal creation. You are instilled with hope and peace and joy and love for yourself and your brothers, respect for authority. You are instilled with a desire to uh, govern properly and to have society governed properly and within you know, godly constraints, never violating the sovereignty and the agency of the individual while also you know, tending to the inalienable rights of each person, keeping people safe, creating laws that are actually uh, created equally with equality in mind, not encroachment, not theft, not defrauding the individual. All those things matter. But how many of the poor do you know worship at that altar? And I will say this in closing, shame on the black church of America for leading the poor to stale, vapid waters infested with malaria of political lies and deceit while watching them are youth, our black men and young girls, young men and young girls kill each other, swimming in each other's blood. No respect for their bodies or the bodies of others. No respect for God. No respect for government. No respect for authority. No respect for themselves, their parents. Where are you? Where are you? Why aren't you out in these war-torn streets with roving bands of pastors and missionaries? Why aren't you in Baltimore? Why aren't you in downtown Atlanta? Why don't I see you out on the streets next to the water boys in Buckhead? Where are you? Those boys slinging dope and water bottles who the city doesn't give a rat's behind about. They call them entrepreneurs. Well, that's just entrepreneurial training. Oh, well, sure, of course, because most drug lords start out slinging water bottles and dubs at the gas, you know, at the it 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 traffic lights in the rich part of Atlanta, which is no longer the rich part of Atlanta because we too have become poor in spirit because of abysmal quote leadership and theft and fraud of elections of due process of decency of law and order. It's not okay. 
it should not be okay with you. What's happening to black America, it should make all of us stand up. And I don't care if I'm black, white, or purple. I'm a human being. I'm of the human race. And I believe that God created all of us equal. And if I'm going to stand for my rights, then I better be able to stand for yours, whether you like it or not. And on that note, I'm going to take some more of my cold medicine. I love you guys. Have a good night. Be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. I'm excited about a couple of new sponsors. Actually, three of them I have coming on my show. Who God, it's good. And uh, I look forward to introducing them to you in the coming weeks. You will start to hear those commercials soon. And uh, they will benefit your life greatly because I wouldn't bring you anything that doesn't. Okay? I love you. Have a good night. Remember, if you're an American, act like one. Just soak your heart full. Just soak your heart full.